When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Owijan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. You could go on forever. Audible, of course. Thank you once again and always for joining me today. As uh, Today will be a very special show, because and it will be different, of course. I'm not going to be reviewing games the way I normally do, just kind of rambling on, so to speak, because I am joined by a very special guest, Derek Felska, Crease and Assist. Welcome aboard. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a while. I think it was actually about a year ago, to be perfectly honest, the last time I was on. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, like it was the COVID lockdown, and this time it's uh, spring break. It's that's yeah. busy schedules, too, but, uh, but at least there's real hockey going on this time. Lots of it. Yeah. <laughs> lots of it. Yep, lots of it, and if we're from... Let's say if we're Gopher fans and Wild fans, we're a little bit frustrated right now. Hi. Hi, sorry. Something. Oh, I'm invisible again. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Something happened, but I guess we're back. <laughs> sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. So, I guess what I was saying is how, like, Gopher fans, I guess, other Minnesota, <laughs> other Minnesota college college fans are happy right now. At least three other teams, but Gopher fans and of course Wild fans are a little frustrated at the moment. Yeah, but still, there, there's a lot of good stuff right now between. You know, for just about everybody's level, you know, with the state hockey tournament going, college hockey, pro hockey, this is a really great time. In fact, it's uh, it's made hockey life real busy, but in a fun in a good way, I think, personally. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is fun. It's something to keep up with, and we have all kinds of cool prospects everywhere. Of mm-hmm. course, a lot of our prospect season ended, and we got a new prospect in the mix now, which is great. Uh, Matthew Boldy signing a three-year entry-level deal. Yeah, I'm um, real excited there, and I'm really excited to see what he does in Iowa. I know that chafes some fans thinking that, hey, the you know the big club could use the help, but I think personally I really agree with uh, what Bill Guerin said about uh, making him earn a call-up, and I think that's a good, you know, when you're talking about what he mentioned about culture change, part of that mm-hmm. is, I think, making people earn the time that they're given 
at whatever level, and I think it's a good message to send throughout the whole organization that we don't just give you things here. you got to earn it. Yeah, it's so much better that way. And I had a feeling he was going to come out, uh, like how Casey Middlestead, I think he went too early from the Gophers. Oh, way too early. Yeah, he made a mistake. Where Boldy, it's like sophomore year, it's okay, but I'm... Yeah, I I think that's a great message that uh, Bill Guerin has said. I I can't disagree with that. It's you have to earn it, and this way he'll he'll take more pride in getting to the NHL, and it'll be literally taking a step rather than rather than having to leap up and then who knows run into some kind of a you know rookie wall that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully the rookie wall as they all hit will be more gentle for Matthew Boldy that way. Yeah, certainly. I mean, like all players tell you, you know. <clears throat> As you go up a level, it's that increased pace of play and, mm-hmm. you know, the, t- the time and space that they may have had in college hockey won't be there this time. And even in the AHL, which is a good quality league, um, he'll he'll find himself have to make his decisions quicker. And I think, you know, for just about any player that's spent any time in the AHL, I, th- I think it's beneficial. You know, I've never heard a player, well, they were really good, and then they went to the AHL, and then they were horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they came back terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a good thing for everybody. Yeah, it's, it's just that next step. And I was surprised how Fletcher seemed to kind of ignore the AHL in the past. That, that always kind of drove me crazy. <laughs> well, I think some of that was due to the fact that, you know, the way he viewed it maybe in certain cases with prospects is these are these are cheap players because they're on their entry-level deals so you know if i can work these young bodies into the into the lineup i'm saving money cap wise um and then the hope is that they'll pick it up quickly as they go along and while i'll agree there are some players that can do that for a lot of players you know if they're spending two or three seasons adjusting Mm, i I, you know to me i kind of find it some ways counterproductive i mean who knows if we had left maybe some of those guys in the minors a little longer to season and then dominate, maybe mm-hmm. they would have been better players instead of two or three seasons where, you know, we're not sure what we have because quite honestly, they're still trying to get used to the, you know, the the NHL pace of play and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you're stuck like, uh, stuck, stuck getting like 10 points in like 50 games and, and then they start never ends. Yeah. Yep. And then, then they start doubting themselves. You know, yep. they're like, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that, that is, that, that's exactly. Once doubt starts coming in, then you yep. got yourself serious issues with somebody who should have been better, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. So just very briefly, I might as well just kind of, I'm not going to, like, review the games necessarily, but just kind of sure. talk about it briefly. St. Louis, at least we won. I mean, it's a 2 nothing win. Cam Talbot getting the shutout and riding him like crazy, which scares me a tiny bit. We'll get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then again, I suppose, who knows about last night. Uh, but really, uninspired play by the Wild in all three games. Honestly, yeah. God. Mm. Yeah, very, very, I don't know, the best way to describe it is very comfortable. They look yeah. very kind of relaxed. Like, we don't really have to try to win the game right away. We'll kind of work our way through it. And, and while it worked against, you know, the Ducks before that mm. and then mm-hmm. the Blues game where they had just 11 shots on goal... Um, you know, one would think that that would be, okay, that probably isn't a formula for success, but for whatever reason, then they kind of coasted into the series against the Sharks, and it 
Mm. Really wasn't that much of an improvement, at least by what I was seeing. Yeah, not an improvement at all. It felt like it's just. Uh, I guess too, that's one of our one of our main topics of the show today is faceoffs and puck possession. I mean, that's mm. a huge story of all three of these games. And the Wild, of course, getting swept by the Sharks, as you uh, mentioned in your uh, crease and assist blog out there. Mm-hmm. Gotta love the, all your your article call, uh, for the Sports Daily, of course. Uh, uh, Derek often writes the uh, post game articles yeah. and Teresa Ferries usually writes the uh, previews yeah but, my wife my wife mm, normally mm-hmm. does the game previews and um, it's been a good balance for us but yeah we uh, I would definitely agree with the uh, face-offs and mm. just you know I mean that's been a bugaboo from really the start of the whole season and and in, and in most cases if you don't have if you're not winning your draws puck possession becomes problematic because you're spending so much time and energy chasing the puck around the ice um mm-hmm. and 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 what ends, ends up happening is you tire yourself out by the time you get to the third period you're so tired out when you maybe need to have the energy to push you just don't got it um yeah. but on the other nope. end is yep. is the mm-hmm. is the overpassing um yeah. God. you know uh <laughs> how many times do we watch you know especially through the you know the the blues game and even the the sharks uh both the sharks games where you know, a te- or especially the first one on Monday, um, where the team tries to get into like this, you know, they get into the offensive zone and then feel almost compelled to send, you know, a, one extra pass or two extra passes because they're trying to set up the perfect shot. And what ends up happening is, you know, it gets poked away and it gets intercepted. And then a team that's already having problems with possession is again chasing the puck once again. Mm-hmm. And then you're just and it's burnt a- out. Yeah. Yep, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, and you just have no chance, even against a team that you'd think is, you know, not up to your, not really up to your level. You're just constantly chasing the puck and burnt out. Uh, obviously, losing faceoffs when you're, you know, you you have the power play, you're in you're in the other team's zone. You know, you're in the uh, offensive zone uh, uh, is a better way to put it, and you mm-hmm. lose the faceoff, and it's like, oh, here we go again, and there goes the puck all the way down the ice. Yeah, yep. oh, there goes another thirty seconds. <laughs> oh, with uh, especially with especially how the wild break out on in a power play. I mean, they usually yeah. they the, the whoever the defender that chases it back usually sits waits for the other guys to come back around so then they can make their moves as they try to make you know their way through the neutral zone mm-hmm. and and then only you know the part that drives me crazy is then well if you watched even some of the breakouts. We'll, we'll make the initial outlet pass to a winger or a center with speed, and then he goes to the neutral zone, and then he slings it back to a defenseman who mm. then is racing up the ice. They call it the slingshot, which is kind of a popular mm-hmm. thing now. Mm-hmm. And he comes up through the ice. Once he crosses the red line, then he dumps it down the ice, which mm. we often don't win the race to the loose puck. They mm. throw it back down the ice, and we just do the same thing over again. Mm-hmm. So you've just killed 30 seconds, 40 seconds of your power play, and pretty soon now you're switching out your lines and you're putting a new group of people out there that are trying the exact same strategy, and it's just maddening because, you know, you're not getting any shots on goal, you're not generating any offensive momentum or pressure with shots, and yet you wonder why you're less than 10% in the power play. Yep, that's that's why it's the worst in the league. Honestly, you know, losing the faceoffs and, like you said, all these slingshots, mm-hmm. uh, just you know, dumping it in and not actually getting, you know, like winning the battles. 
That's why they're the worst power play in the NHL, like historically bad. And also brought up last night, apparently during the game, was uh, was uh, the the faceoffs are historically bad as well. Obviously on the same topic. Yeah. Just well, unreal. Hmm. Well, I mean the that I think we knew. I think anybody that was paying attention before the start of the season knew that was going to be a problem. You know, yeah. when you when you lost Miko Koivu, who <laughs> even even towards the end, <coughs> though he may not have been scoring. He was still, I think, just above 50% on his draw. So, And then we lost Eric Stahl, who is probably maybe our second-best face-off guy. Mm-hmm. So now you're down to Eric Sinek, Rask, and then whoever else they were going to end up bringing in. In this case, it was Nick Bukestad mm-hmm. and, and Nick Benino. And Benino has been our best guy in the draws. The other guys are all less than 50%. So mm-hmm. it, is it a big surprise that we're... That's a problem for us. I mean, especially considering none of those guys are top top end offensive talent. Mm-mm. So you're you're trying to really try to win games without without real dominant anybody that's really a top six center. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that's and th- and at some point it's going to catch up to you. And right now it is. It's a big time. Yeah, I like anyone. You know, Ryan Herman's like the worst of the bunch. It seems like in the faceoffs, but I suppose he's. Not even really a true natural center, but mm, as we, uh, unless you have something to say about uh, <laughs> about Hartman, Victor. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and Victor Rath too, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's. I guess I'll just address this because it's been thrown yeah. around a lot, especially on Twitter. Is, I mean, a lot of people are throwing a lot of Rask blame out there, and I'm not, mm. I'm not trying to sit here and defend Victor Rask and say that oh, you just need to give him a chance. He's a number one center. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's a number no. one. He may, he may be playing number one center on this team, but that's <laughs> but that's not really that's not really a fair guideline because we don't really have a first line center anywhere. Yeah, nobody he's, is. He's the definition not even the of first. Well, good. Well, I'm saying there's nobody on the team that's really a first line center. Yeah. You know they they might they might have they might occupy that spot, mm-hmm. but they're not a first line center in the NHL sense. Yeah, in um, a sense, we just call them a, a default. That's really all they are, because oh, exactly because someone has to be right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Be, but, huh? Yep. Well, you know, uh, I was just pointing out last night to somebody that was arguing with me. I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, Victor Rask has one percent is one percent less on his draws mm. than the guy that they're saying needs to be that spot, Joel Eriksson Ek. Yeah. And and while I realize faceoffs are just a part of their argument, if faceoffs are a huge part of our possession, then if he's just one percent less, does it really matter? I mean, you're talking that's a pretty tiny thing, and either yeah. either way, both players are losing more of their draws than they're winning. Mm-hmm. So so I don't see how that fundamentally, you know, moves the needle enough to suddenly well. I think I lost him again. Uh-oh. Let's take a... Just in time for the train to show up. <laughs> Find that argument. Mm, uh-oh. I, I, I lost you for a little bit there. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Okay, yeah, I lost you for a bit. I'm sorry. Okay, well, well I can... I'll try to restate my point. I'm not sure what they got in that. No. I'm just saying that he... Mm-hmm. You know, he is... Uh, Victor Rask is just 1% less on his draws than Joel Eriksson Ek. And mm-hmm. and I realized that you know his 
trains are coming. Yeah, the trains coming. This is the that's that's the wild power play, right? No, I'm yeah. just <laughs> I wish it was. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. That's just, <laughs> I thought we'd get a chuckle out of that. Anyways, oh. um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but I mean, the I realized that you know faceoffs are not maybe the person's entire argument that they feel that Eric has a whatever better offensive upside. But still, if possession is is the name of the game, a person that wins his draws at just one more percent, and even though mm-hmm. they're still losing more than they win, I don't see how that moves the needle and suddenly the Wilds' offense is you know clicking again. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we did well against the lesser part of the division, but if you really look at our points from our top two lines, it's pretty stagnant i mean mm-hmm. i i i mean the one advantage i can say just from my anecdotal uh articles that we do i put the i put the stats in for every single game before we play so i i'm the one that's manually putting the stuff in and you could argue that for some of our players their improvement has been pretty glacial mm-hmm. you know <laughs> joel Eriksonek hasn't scored <laughs> since march 14th he has mm-hmm. one point in his last eight games. Oh, uh, so doesn't... does that tell you that that's the solution? He has one point in eight games. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's disappeared, yeah. That's ridiculous. Honestly, yeah. He's but completely I mean, disappeared. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Victor Rass's last goal was on March 18th, and he hasn't scored a point since. So mm-hmm. neither player, mm-hmm. but you're, I mean, you're talking about one assist difference in the last eight games. You know, no one's no one's lighting it up. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I, 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 while I understand people say, well, if it's not working, change something. Okay, mm. but is that a is that really likely to make a difference? I don't mm. think so. I think they are what they are, mm-hmm. and, and well, you know, them, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think we are. I mean, the Minnesota Wild are not going to be a team, at least. Even with Kirill Kaprizov, yeah. we're probably not going to be a team that has one of the leading scorers in the league. You know, I, I look at the stats, too, and I see, you know, a player. I realize it's Connor McDavid. Yeah. But he has, like, 65 points. The yeah, top score right in the here. Wild has the, the top score in the Wild is 27. Mm, 27, it, yeah. We, we don't even look no. like we're in the same league. No, <laughs> no. Like Philadelphia years ago, the leading scorer had like thirty-eight points or something. Like way oh, back yeah. in the day, yeah. Well, our first year, we, our top scorer had thirty-eight points, Scott Pellerin. Yeah, Scott Pellerin we, was it. Yeah, we, and then, we we traded him away for garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then gave like we probably offered him like a minimum contract or something, and then he just turned it down. Yeah. Yeah, and then Gabby had thirty-six. I still remember all that. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, <laughs> he had he had uh, eighteen, 18 and eighteen. Yeah. Yep. 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 yep you got it. Yeah, we we both have a good memory about the. That was a fun season, uh, just just because you know we're back. But remember too, uh, I mean that, that was. <laughs> but think about expectations though. Like, if the Minnesota Wild got to three goals, you felt like that was a high scoring game. Yeah, like, you were you were you were you were amazed because mm-hmm. we we were playing with a pop gun attack, mm-hmm. and 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 for the most part for the Wild's history, we kind of are still a pop gun attack. We don't. Yeah. We we have we haven't had many players. When you consider if it's been around twenty years that we've had players that have had thirty goals or even mm-hmm. forty goals. I mean, it's still a pretty small amount of people or seasons that have done that. Now, Too I mean, you, little, yeah. you you 
you know, you'd think over 20 years you'd have maybe five or six 40-goal scorers, and the Wild have had two. Two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gabrick and Stoll, yeah. Yep. That's pretty wild without the pardon the pun. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> pun intended, man. Pun intended, <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's very much... Uh, speaking of scores, I got Fiala's finally scoring again, and uh, we've seen some chemistry with him and Marcus Johansson. They they weren't together as much yesterday. The lines were shuffled again. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is there, I guess. Uh, right when something's working a little tiny bit, we got to shuffle the lines again for some reason because we're getting even more desperate. Uh, it, was, it was cool to see, though, Fiala, Johansson, kind of the two wingers working together. Uh, I don't know who to compare them to, obviously, but uh, kind of like when Granlin and Zucker were, were, were you know making nice nifty wing passes to each other, centering passes and releasing on the one-timers and such. Uh, Fiala's making most of the plays for Johansson uh, ultimately, but Johansson's uh, helping a bit, and Fiala's honestly uh, making Johansson a part of things. And then, in turn, Fiala's becoming a part of things again as well, and we're starting to see a bit of a bit of what we saw last year, but certainly not as much yet. Yeah, um... I would say that, well, like last night when Evison started uh, juggling the lines in the second period and he put uh, Fiala with Zuccarello, mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I think really it's for the same purpose. He's trying to get a table setter to get Fiala going. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that's what it takes, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, mm-hmm. whether Zuccarello, he, he's really been the closest thing, I think, personally, even though a lot of credit, you know, ends up getting push towards Kaprizov because he's exciting. Mm-hmm. I think Zuccarello has really been the catalyst this year. I mean, we weren't doing much, and then he showed up, and mm-hmm. that, 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 got the, that got the lettuce line going and really kind of took Kaprizov's game to another level. And I think he's, at least you got to give a, I mean, Zuccarello had two points last night, mm-hmm. and he he seems to be the person that can sometimes get the best out of people, and he's showing vision with his passes in fact uh i was watching the sharks broadcast last night and they were marveling Mm -hmm. at how how zuccarello was uh you know threading passes uh and 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 noticing you know wild players you know in scoring positions and setting them up and you know if and if he's the person that's really the, the the guy that's i guess you could say um the quarterback, so to speak, whether it's on the power play and that kind of point position where he's the puck distributor, mm-hmm. wh- why not use him and yeah. get people going? And, you know, I, I liked what Fiala had with Johansson. It, it, to me, then it gets Johansson engaged, too. Yeah, that's, you know, then it's then he's more worth it, really, rather than just like a, a dead roster spot. Mm-hmm. You're just waiting. I'll oh, just scratch him. He, he can't play, and we can trade him for a seventh-round pick or something. Yeah. <laughs> where, yeah, yeah, like... And then a lot of us kind of, you know, like frustrated with Zuccarello the last year or so with the poor production, the no move clause, the six million a year, and now he looks like a, you know, he he looks like the guy we originally thought we were getting from the New York Rangers slash Dallas Stars. He he really does. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I would I guess I guess if there's anything as a person who. I will totally admit I was extremely critical of Matt Zuccarello. Me too. Yep, my hands raised. I, 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 I would say that I was probably pretty harsh towards him, but yeah, me too. I, I, I totally buy that he must have been hurt last year because he looks like a completely different player. Mm-hmm. You know, his while I wouldn't necessarily say wow. he's quite as pesky on the puck as like he used to be when he was younger. He still is a very good passer, mm-hmm. and he still. He still demonstrates high-level, you know, 
not to use like I don't, I don't know if, if you're a big Star Wars fan, Joey, or not, but oh, you know, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's got the metachlorians in him that allow him mm-hmm. to to you know to, to anticipate things. You know, like he knows he knows he has this like whatever you want to say sixth sense where he knows where the play is going to develop, and he makes that pass where it needs to be when it doesn't look obvious. Mm-hmm. And he's got that skill. It's something you either have or you don't. It's an awareness. And he has that awareness very effectively with, you know, he's shown that with different players. So it's not just, uh, you can't just say, well, it's all Kaprizov. I mean, Kaprizov mm-hmm. makes him look good. Mm-hmm. No, he's, 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 he's done good things with uh, with Fiala last night, was basically the guy he was setting up. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's uh, I think that's only a good thing for the Wild. It'd be... It'd be nice if others would get on board and try to be, take that kind of initiative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason why he's so popular. When you have a guy like that that can like make you better and yep. you know and just you know set you up with such unbelievable vision. I mean, and obviously his personality is good too. That's a combination. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, God, I would love to play with a guy like that if I actually could play. And mm-hmm. I can also attest to wrist injuries and soreness and such. I've mm-hmm. my right wrist has been sore for twenty. 20 going on 23 years <laughs> so yeah i can imagine like just being able to how tough it would be to direct the puck the way you want to when you're somebody that's been that good of a passer uh why mm-hmm. last year he may have struggled a bit and any type of surgery that might have corrected that issue we're, mm-hmm. we're seeing the we're, we're reaping the rewards as they say <laughs> no doubt no doubt yeah, yeah that could have been i can't even imagine the pain though the wrist of getting hit with a slap shot my god <laughs> So on with the goalie tandem, or should we talk about Parisi first? Maybe goalie tandem. That's a yeah. bigger issue. Yeah. Because yeah. Talbot, I mean, it's nice. Uh, it's nice how how good he's been. But obviously, I'm paranoid about riding goalies because look what happened to Dubnik and Backstrom. I'm just paranoid. And of course, he's over 30. Uh, I don't want to override Capo either because you can you always know how that can turn out. I think you know, and Capo Kakinen, despite last night not being the greatest game ever, it certainly wasn't all his fault because the Wild never had the puck. Seemed like. Yeah, um, yeah he's, he's more than worthy of a uh, significant amount of games as well, in my mind. Yeah, um, I think the difference for me in terms of, like, my attitude about the Talbot-Kakinen um, situation versus, like, what it was with uh, Dubnik and Stalock is I don't get a vibe from either Kakinen or Talbot that this is some kind of... Uh, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a pecking order kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, with with Dubnik, you can mm-hmm. always tell, like, that's my crease. Yeah. You go into it when I f- say it's okay. And, you know, I always got a sense of entitlement that he thought he owned the thing. And, yeah. if, and, if, and if he wasn't in, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't care. Don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas Talbot's like, if that's who they want in there, that's fine by me. Yeah, go, you know, go, and, go get him, Capo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it seems much more mutually supportive. Mm-hmm. And, and Kakinen doesn't seem to be like, well, I really should be. You know, he's not pouty or, Mm-mm. you know, like last night I didn't see any. I, I guess the the thing with it is just you know when you see the back to back starts like they had with the three back to backs that mm-hmm. that Talbot had, you're like going, okay, why oh, don't yeah. why don't you at least want to give cocking in a start i mean he's rested you're going into a three-day break why not but they i think they wanted to get talbot settled 
and I think they wanted to give him some games because I think he's really the person they you know it's the horse they literally want to ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I don't think there's anything against Kakinen, I think there's maybe a, a thought within the organization that uh, when times where he was playing with Iowa, he was you know three games in four days kind of stuff. They saw times where he got worn down and mm-hmm. his game became less sharp. So maybe they're trying to avoid that too. Or and plus he's the rookie, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and but I, I guess at least on my level, I'm not getting a vibe that this is. A situation where Talbot is dictating his starts, like you know, the coach almost has to go to him. Well, do you want to start? Of course, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, of course. You know, you know, you know. Like, <laughs> I mean, Dubnik, I always kind of felt like he was the one who's like, "I'm starting." Sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. Bruce, but I'm starting. Mm-hmm. And Bruce, yeah. Bruce didn't seem to have either the gumption or the want to to get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. You know, until finally his game became so garbage, <laughs> they had no choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got the same vibe the last couple of years. Uh, and, of course, even, you know, you could go back as far with Yo with uh, This Is My Net and everything yep, yep. and all that. Um, I didn't get a good vibe from Dubnik the last couple of years. And it seemed like he was always throwing his teammates under the bus, too. Like whenever there was a, a bad oh, yeah. goal where it's someone else's fault. I don't yeah. think Dubnik's the best teammate. I really don't. And no. I, I, I think he was part of the poison in the locker room, if it's okay to say. I, well, I really do. I, I would agree. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times, like, nothing drove me more nuts than he gives up a soft call and then, then he's, like, complaining to the official about something that, always, yeah. you, you know, and it's like, oh, of course, because it's never your fault. Mm-hmm. You don't give up bad goals. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, it was, you know, the puck was sliding slowly and somehow snuck through five hole. But somehow mm-hmm. that was goalie interference or, you know, <laughs> you know, there, there, there was something, you know, there was something wrong that took place. And it was never his fault. And, no. and it's hard to respect people that have no, they, they, they don't accept, like, they don't, they don't like put themselves on the sword. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mean you. Beat, it doesn't, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't mean you have to like beat the crap out of yourself after every time you have a bad game, but mm-hmm. at least be honest and say, "I should have stopped that." <laughs> yep, yep. I should have stopped that. It was just. I'm not happy about that one. I wish I could have it back, but it is what it is. I guess. Of course, of course, that's probably one of the most obnoxious phrases out there as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is what it is, where it's like trying to force people to accept your mistake. <laughs> but no, I mean it's. Yeah, I, I had a bad vibe with him for a long time. And I, I was kind of, you know, I was like, is this real? Is it wrong? Am, am, am I right? Am I wrong? And how people are so sensitive out there, like, oh, you're bad-mouthing the team or, you know, something like that. I, I That's something I got tired of. <laughs> oh, I think I lost him again, but I'm, hopefully he'll come back. So I'll try to keep going. Um, usually he pops back in there. But, yeah, I mean, obviously I had a bad vibe with Dumnik for a while. Uh, you still there? Uh, still there? I can hear you. A yeah, I'm, bit. I'm back. Sorry, I don't know okay, where I good. went. <laughs> oh, oh, it's okay. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still I, here. Yep, yeah, I, I pretty much was kind of covering covering up there. So, but uh, Dubnik, yeah, basically the same same vibe, same negative vibe I was feeling from Dubnik the last couple of years. Uh, so, yeah, that's good though. I mean, we do feel more of a a team tandem situation with those guys, and I think that helps the locker room in a lot of ways because. The locker room wasn't good. The locker room wasn't good, and there's a reason why Bill Guerin said there's something rooted here, 
culture-wise, that's not working, and we need to change it. Just, just the way he said that, I was just like, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt well, like a million dollars. Well, and we've seen things, you know, since then. I mean, apart from, clean, you know, whatever the clearing house, I mean, I, I, I personally don't think that necessarily all the players that got moved were – people that were quote-unquote problems in the locker room i think i think he i think he well i think some of them but i think i think his some of the motivation was also to send a message that anybody is movable Mm -hmm. you know there's no sacred cows here yep and you know i think but you know as the season has gone on we've seen other things too that indicate you know how there's a difference now you know we've seen an alternate captain get scratched yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Zach Farisi. I mean, that that was that never would have happened Mm-mm. under Mike Yo. It never would have happened no. under Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> you know, the, those guys may have wanted to do it, and I've always hoped to. You know, to be perfectly honest, haven't we all hoped that you know Mike Yo or Bruce Boudreaux would have been like, you know what? I wish I could have I could have scratched that guy. Yeah, but w- they won't because they know that if they did, they'd probably be blacklisting themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and but neither of those two really seemed to want to call out players, and that was, you know, that was probably part of the culture problem there too. Is that mm. there wasn't a lot of at least outward accountability. I mean, yeah. mm. you know, at least from the from the coaching, you know, you don't have like a. And we're not saying that everyone has to be like a John Tortorella where you have to call <laughs> players out all the time, but mm-hmm. in some for some people, there's there's a place for that because it is a part of accountability. Instead of pretending everything's all fine when everyone knows it isn't, you know, you you gotta you gotta be able to speak honestly. And -hmm. I think for a fan base that knows the game, that's more important because if it's not going to be addressed, then you know you feel like the the team is just living in ignorance. You know, I mean, I don't want to bring other Minnesota sports teams into it, but I mean, I think you know. Like with the Minnesota Vikings bringing back Dakota Dozier. <laughs> yeah. Really? Excuse me. Oh, shoot. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a high school football coach, so I'm, I'm not I'm not an idiot. I know. First of all, I was an offensive lineman. Second of all, nice. I've watched the Minnesota Vikings, and mm-hmm. yeah, what's the problem? Their whole line. Yes. <laughs> and yes. to bring and to bring to bring back Ugh. one of the guys that struggled mightily, <laughs> and saying that well he's going to be better now seems pretty. Mm-hmm darn ignorant of the, of, of the issue but you know that's that is what the vikings have done and mm-hmm. and uh i don't know who would buy that argument that he's just going to be better now but mm. they're 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 apparently hoping people will buy that but mm-hmm. whatever not me not me yeah check, check out the purple mafia podcast there's going to be a mm-hmm. there's going to be a, a draft preview coming up eventually as soon as i get, get around to that and of course the free agency Roundup, obviously not completely caught up at this point, but uh, but yeah, yeah, Dakota Dozier, he was ranked like 82nd or something for left cards, so yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's pretty good. He's, he's he'll be okay, you know, it's okay. Uh, the 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 turnstile continues, kind of like uh, kind of like Dubnik and Gold the last year or so. Oh wait, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't help it. He, he was more like a colander. Yeah. Oh my just, gosh. Just a sieve. Mm-hmm. And then he'd always do his head up yeah. like this. Oh, yeah. it was funny. Siv, yeah. siv. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh, Dubnik. <laughs> so, are, so you're uh, the alternate captain you mentioned, Zach 
Parisi, yep. of course. So he was scratched, and obviously we we uh, that was a topic that was, you know, well debated. But uh, I'm completely on the side of I would scratch him for that, obviously, and I think that was a great move. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's just becoming a uh, less and less a part of things, obviously, because his play is just not the same. He looks like a at best a third line player at this stage. He's and how how many years does he have left? It's like four it's more four, after this, four, year, right? Four more, yeah. <clears throat> Lord of mercy, that's a. Yep. Oh, you know, at the time, a seven-year contract should have been enough. I don't know. <laughs> seven years is a lot. So yeah, instead I we gave him 13. We gave him 13, one, three. I still can't believe that. It's, those contracts still stick in my craw just for that reason, because it's, you know, th- those are the kind of contracts you just give to Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisettle, somebody yep. like that. And that's about it. Uh, you know, Sidney Crosby, some transcending player. And instead yeah. you give it to two guys. <laughs> And, and with players like a McDavid, if you're given a contract to that, you know, it's a person in their early 20s, not mm-hmm. almost 30. Yeah, they were 27, 28 already, if I remember. Yeah. 28, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Parisi and then Suter's slightly younger. Mm-hmm. And then Suter's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> nudge, nudge, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, he just loves that. Those quick trip meals, I can tell, right? The, the sincerity and the smile. Yeah. <laughs> I watch those quick trip commercials. I'm like, uh-huh. You know, I'm just saying that to myself the whole time. Yeah. Oh, Scooter. Well, you know, I th- I mean, it's a it's a part of getting old, and yeah. and your body's gonna. I mean, as I don't, I don't, I because I'm because I know you mentioned your your wrist issue. Yeah. Um, oh. But I mean, like, your body lets you know that you're getting older, whether you want it to or not, mm-hmm. and it'll it'll do it at the weirdest times, oftentimes. It'll it'll humble the crap out of you mm-hmm. because you just realize you're just not you're not you're not you're not young anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> it's going to catch up to them. And right now, at least with uh, I would say with both those players, it, it seems like they're both a step or two slower. And yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with four years left, it it's looking like it's going to probably only get worse, not get better. Unfortunately, and for for Parisi who's out on COVID mm-hmm, protocol yeah. or, or whether he has COVID, I mean, we'll, we will never get told because, I mean, they don't tell share stuff like that. Yep. But we know it's COVID-related. Um, <coughs> I, I can't imagine, you know, in some ways, even before this happened, that uh, I'm guessing Parisi's probably got a lot on his mind, mm-hmm. you know, and I think he's been having that more and more the last few years, hence why he even entertain the idea of being traded last year, you know, thinking about, okay, is this really where I want to be? And the crappy part is your contract means you're probably staying whether you want to or not. Yeah. Can't, can't really trade them. We're, we're pretty much stuck at this stage unless there's a, I'm, I'm guessing the New York Islanders are done trying to make a deal unless it's for just a dead contract. Basically. Well, and, I mean, yeah. the, the, the unfortunate thing is with Anders Lee's injury, yeah, you know, if mm. Preezy had been playing even okay or decent, yeah, maybe yeah. May, maybe Lou pulls the trigger. Maybe, but with, yeah. but with but with 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 him not doing anything and doing and, and struggling, that certainly won't wet Lou Lamarillo's appetite to to do us any favors or even yeah. probably Zach any favors because they got their own crunch to worry about. Mm-hmm. They so, just might win it, yeah. Yeah, 
they're damn good this year. But well, it's very sucks about, Yeah, sucks about the injury though. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. Yeah, yep. But they're damn good and a nice goalie tandem too. Yeah, they got a shot. Uh, so dare we move on a slightly here? Basically, sure. I don't know about like previewing. I'm not gonna, you know, maybe not previewing too much, but I guess we're playing we're playing Vegas twice and Colorado mm-hmm. twice before next week's show. Uh, how are we gonna fare here? It's hard to say. I like the way the Wild played against Vegas, but obviously they've been beat by them also. In Colorado, obviously that was you know an absolute buzzsaw last time around, and mm-hmm. Colorado scored nine goals last night if I remember correctly. Yep. Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good thing cups aren't won in uh, April or March. So that's that's the one good thing. So maybe Colorado might hit hit a wall at some point between now and then. Uh, otherwise, at at best, I'm looking for a split between Vegas and Colorado. I I'm praying for a split. <laughs> praying. Well, if you, if you get that for the Wild at this point, with how they've been playing the last few games, yeah. you probably you probably feel like you you escaped with two two. A, two two splits. Yeah, I, I, I think bullet. Yeah. I, I think the realistic thing is if you can get one win, that's probably better than what you're playing at right now because mm-hmm. the Wild's going to need to the, the the Minnesota Wild are going to have to find a completely different level than what they've had really the last four games mm. where you yeah. know oh. you're, you're not going to just get 11 shots and beat either Colorado or. Vegas, who are both mm-hmm. those teams are very stingy on top of having good offense. Mm-hmm. They're both you know, super good, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're good at both ends. I mean, uh, if you look at the metric, or uh, not this the analytics thing, but you know when I'm doing stats today, I, I for Vegas, I think they were eighth offensively and second defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I mean that's a great combination where you score a lot and you give up very almost nothing. Yeah, you're gonna I mean, you're you're just you're naturally just gonna win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Colorado is pretty much the exact same way. You know, yeah. Col- Colorado scores. They're really starting to score now because yeah. guys are taking off. Um, that was almost kind of like a sleeping giant. You know. There, a lot of guys were kind of quiet, and now they're all hitting their stride, and you know, but they're still a stingy team defensively. So now, now they're just crushing people. Mm-hmm. Literally a buzzsaw. I mean, if we get one win out of, yeah, I mean, I think maybe we beat Vegas once because they're not playing so great lately. But for mm-hmm. them, the good news is Leonard's back, and he's playing. Yep. He's, he's he's better. His goals against average has dropped to two point three five. No mm-hmm. shutouts yet. Flurry's got four. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's Flurry's always kind of hot and cold, but when he's hot, he's just the best. Basically, of course, uh, we you know we know how once in a while he'll let you down in the postseason yeah. <laughs> with P- Pittsburgh and Vegas. But um, yeah, Leonard Leonard could help provide that dynamic duo in, in the net for uh, Vegas. Colorado obviously does not have that. That's the only only weakness Colorado has is if uh, Grubauer gets hurt again, they're they're dead just like last year, I think. Yeah, that's what Ve- killed them. Yeah. Well, Vegas, I mean, if anything, the Vegas not doing what so many people thought <coughs> and getting rid of Flurry yeah. turned out to be a really great move on their part. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, by holding on to him, they basically have kept two starting caliber goalies. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty sweet luxury to have. It really is. I mean, that's all the, that's all the wild went on our miracle run when we still couldn't score. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, it feels like 30 years ago, but was it... 18 years ago now. Wow. 
Yep. Yep. We're we're feeling old. Every time I try to jump, I can't <laughs> jump anymore. I used to build a float on air. Now, not really. <laughs> now I just uh, land. That's about it. <laughs> yes. That's about it. So prospect conversation. I mean the uh, NCAA tournament. This and that. Uh, very happy. We talked about Boldy earlier. Just thrilled about getting him on board. Nick Sweeney, he's playing in either his second last or his last game coming up in the Frozen Four, yep. one one way or another. Uh, obviously, we don't have anybody on St. Cloud or Mankato. Yeah, we do. We got oh, Sam Henches. Oh, Henches. Yeah, St. Cloud's Sam Henches. Duh. No, nah, Mankato's the one I'm thinking. Sorry about oh. that. I, I don't know why I was thinking probably North Dakota for some reason. We haven't ever had anybody from there except unless you count Parisi. <laughs> but oh, no, not not, <laughs> not 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 as a college prospect, like but they're yeah. still there. Yeah. Yeah, nope, no, we've never had a college prospect from there. Yeah, Sam, Sam Henches, obviously, he's uh, he's in his junior year, right? And yep, he's a junior, yep. Mm-hmm, and Sweeney, for sure, one way or another, he could be with Iowa, and we'll see what happens. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Nick Sweeney's. He gets a lot of shots. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't bury a lot of them, though. I mean, yeah. he'll have he'll have like nine shots, and there are <laughs> games where he doesn't, he doesn't score. But, I mean, I guess on the one side of it, he's... <laughs> He's pulling the trigger. Yeah. You know, I mean that's that's kind of his game. Uh he's he was pretty quiet in the two um or, or the regional game they played against North Dakota. I didn't think he mm-hmm. was that big of a factor for the for, for the Bulldogs in that game. Mhm. Um <laughs> Sam Henches was okay. Um but there were other players on uh the Huskies that did a lot more damage in those two games that uh, when they won the East Regional in, in Bridgeport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then you yeah, have the, the femur injury. I mean, I just saw right away, like, that's a femur, isn't it, where the knee went into oh. the the knee oh. went into like the upper area. Yeah. Oh, God. That for, for, for Easton Brzezinski, ah. yeah. Brzezinski, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, but he, he was just down, not, not going to get up. <laughs> well, mm. and he was, I mean, in a strange way that rallied. The Huskies in that game mm-hmm. against Boston College, they, they, the, the the whole team raised their game in Brodzinski's absence, and and Brodzinski had been playing pretty good for them in the last uh, few weeks uh, for St. Cloud State. Um, in fact, he was also, you may remember this, but he was also a tryout at Minnesota Wild Prospect Camp um, oh, a couple years mean. ago, actually. Um, mm. Easton, because I don't think Easton's drafted. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he is. Mm. Um, and we gave him a. We gave him a. You know, an opportunity as a mm-hmm. local college kid to see what he could do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a pretty talented hockey family and and Blaine there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, that was a that was a tough one for the Huskies. But uh, you know, give them credit. Uh, they definitely raised their game at the right time. And I'm really hoping that they make some noise in the Frozen Four. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They got to play Mankato next too. Oh, talk about puck possession. Oh God. Oh yeah. yeah. Puck possession. Uh, who who won the battle against oh, uh-huh. the Gophers and the Mavericks? Oh, and I. One thing I'm tired of is being called a rodent. <laughs> People yeah. are calling me a rodent and stuff for like Gopher fans and ground rats. Yeah. Ground rats. Yep. They win one game. Now they won two, and they're all of a sudden they're like <laughs> they're they're better than North Dakota. <laughs> But you, but you know what? If you you can see parallels between like the Wild and the Gophers, you know the 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 way the Gophers played again in their quarterfinal game against uh, 
who was they play first? Uh, Omaha. Uh, Omaha. They, yeah. they look. Yep. They look. They look great. Wasn't that fun? And the, and, yeah. yeah, and then and then mm. the next the next night, they looked tired. I mean, mm-hmm. they they looked exhausted. And the team that played an overtime game uh, to make it there, Minnesota State was playing with tons of energy, and they seemed just to want it more. And mm-hmm. you know, I see the same kind of thing with the Minnesota Wild. You know, mm. where guys seem to kind of just be going through the motions and. I'm sorry if it comes down to two teams. Uh, usually, that determination, willpower, whatever you want to call it, it usually ends up rewarding teams. Mm-hmm. It's not the team that just shows up and wins. It just doesn't work that way. No, it, it doesn't. And it really uh, parallel. It looked like Minnesota, Colorado, almost. I mean, minus the super duper star talent mm-hmm. of Colorado, but it, it felt that way. You know, the puck possession, they dominated. They beat us up. And like mm-hmm. you said, we looked kind of like, you know, uh, we got this. We have the talent. And, kind of you know, you could even go all the way back to Union years ago, Minnesota versus oh, Union yeah. in the National Championship game, where, like, we got this. We have the talent. We'll be okay. And then they just, like, yeah. ran us over. And I was I was irate. I was cursing my head off that night. Well, and, it, it, it's the, you see it. It's a, subtle, it's a subtle difference in competitiveness. But, you know, I always kind of equate it to this. Watch which team is truly crashing the net and hacking and whacking mm-hmm. uh, at the puck, and which team's doing flybys. Mm. <laughs> Usually the team that's crashing the net's the one that's burying the goal, mm-hmm. not, not the flyby club. Yeah, only you know, once in a while, yeah. Yep, yep. And you, yeah. Can't wait, you can't wait till the last 10 minutes to start crashing the net. Mm-hmm. It's usually too late. Yeah, and, down by three or four. <laughs> and and that's look at, look at how many times the Wild are like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Since you're talking about college ho- uh, prospects, I mean, yeah. Okay. The other one, of course, is Philip Lindbergh, your yes. guy. Yeah, I was about to. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Who's a? Uh, who's a? Uh... <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. Uh oh, I think he froze up again. Shoot. But yeah, as he was saying, Philip Lindbergh, that's my guy, and Boston College or Boston. No, Oh, I lost you again. Yeah. Yep. 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 You did. I was about to. I almost called Philip Lindbergh from Boston College. You missed Amherst. Because I'm bouncing yeah. all over the place, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to what he does against uh, Minnesota Duluth. Of all teams, can can Phil Blindberg be the one that stops the University of Minnesota Duluth's uh, nine-game NCAA tournament winning streak? Mm-hmm. Well, can he, can he do it? <laughs> I, I, I think so. they I, th- I think they can to a degree because uh, the one thing about UMass is uh, they're a very stingy team defensively, and he of course is a part of that, but. They don't give up much. I mean, if you look at Lindbergh's save totals, he's usually not stopping forty some odd shots a game. He's stopping about eighteen. Mm, and, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 while I mean the percentages are what he is, yeah. he's st- he's stopping most of them. Mm-hmm. But I mean the but they're still a very stingy team. So what that tells me is that's a team that dictates the pace of play. So they're the kind of team that yeah. they get up by one or two goals and then it's like lockdown time. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a hard time because you're playing the game at their pace. Yep. And that's just how they win games. Um, yeah, trying to catch up. Yeah. The, you know, the other team's trying to catch up. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, but you know what? If there's any team that can beat them, UMD's got to be it. Because, oh, I mean, yeah. U, UMD will, I mean, you talk about experience. I mean, mm. all, any senior on that team's played like 
two or three. This is their third national championship game. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they they're they're not going to be intimidated by the event. Mm-hmm. They're to them, this is prime time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. As long as they survive UMass, yeah, they'll they'll be in the national championship game. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much about. I, I think. Uh, even though they probably are the lowest ranked team, yeah, if I'm thinking correctly, it seems like they usually are mm-hmm. in these tournaments. They're one of the when they get to the Frozen Four, they're still the favorite because of the, the coaching, the experience, mm-hmm. the the pedigree. They, it's mm-hmm. like nothing's too big for them. North Dakota no. was the number one team in the nation. They were playing in North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, they're playing in North Dakota, which usually would spell L O S S right there. Mm-hmm. And in a tournament like, I mean, the Gophers won the national championship because. Frozen Four was at home. I mean, that helped. It doesn't guarantee that's why they won, but I, for the Govers, it probably is why, because we don't seem to win uh, regionals or find out Frozen Fours that aren't here, except for the New Hampshire one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, North Dakota, number one team in the country. Duluth gave up, was it two goals in the last couple minutes there, literally? You'd think that's oh. it. They're, they're dead. Then they scored the game-winning goal. Like, there we go. Nope, no, no goal. Sorry. And then six overtimes later, they finally win it. Four overtimes, but yeah, <laughs> four, yeah, yeah, four. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I'm, I'm thinking about the, the Pittsburgh game years ago. Sorry, four overtimes later, it felt like six. <laughs> well, but the the thing about it is, like they said, they they were they were composed enough to get through that. I mean, they they literally stormed the ice, thinking they had won the game. To be mm-hmm. then be told, nope, nope, it was barely offside. Offside, yeah. Right, oh. and you, you think about the emotional roller coaster that had to put you through, where you feel like oh. you had it, and now mm-hmm. it's taken away. But they, you know, if you looked at their team, they didn't, they weren't like wrecked. You no. know, they, they they kept at it, and it was a really exciting game. I watched the whole thing. I felt like I was watching uh, 1996 between Apple Valley and Duluth East all over again. Mm-hmm. Except for there was a lot more scoring chances in the Duluth-North uh, Dakota game. Wasn't that something? Oh, it was like back and forth. It, it really was. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. They just weren't bearing him because, obviously, the defense and the focus was so on mm-hmm. until finally the one got through the, you know, from... A fourth liner that no yeah. one had heard of. Millimach yeah. comes in and... Yeah, I never hey, heard of him. <laughs> well, the thing about it is it just goes to show you, just putting a shot on goal, you give yourself a chance. Mm-hmm. Yep, just getting the shot on goal. Looks like he froze up again. Damn. No, that's yeah, that's Skype for you. But uh Yep, I mean that's 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 how you win games, putting the shot on net and hoping Joey? for the best, especially Yep, there you are. Yeah, we're back again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah, just saying, I mean, saying shot on net, yeah. Yeah, put it on net. Only good things can happen. Yep, even even the lower stand players. But uh and it also shows that he probably deserved to be there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and the and and the goalie that cramped up too. That was another thing. Having a fresh backup oh, yeah. goalie versus a super tired one. That probably helped yeah, go, as well for Duluth. Yeah, going from Stayskull to uh, Fanti. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 you don't see that Fanti. too often. Mm-mm. Probably he just finally had enough. The other guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, one final thing too. Maybe so we don't go too long on the prospects. Is Hunter Jones gave up only one goal last night. All right, you know, in, yeah. in Iowa, after that poor guy was just talk about being, you know, thrown to the wolves because in the yeah. NHL it's like, yeah, you're literally like stuck. And then Iowa's got one of the worst situations of all of them, where guys have been in the taxi squad and all that, especially during that 
uh, Minnesota Wild lockdown, as we could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, like nine goals, eight goals, and then it got it down to like four or five-ish. Now one goal and a win. Yeah, much better. Um, that was awesome. I, I listened to the game last night because I was watching the state tournament. Mm-hmm. But it sounded like, especially down this, I mean, because they, for for a long portion of the game, it was just one nothing, mm-hmm. And he was stopping some, you know, chances from in close, some quick, you know, like uh, one-timer, you know, like kind of bang-bang kind of stuff, uh, making quality saves. And, and really what he didn't do, which has kind of haunted him at least so far early in his pro career, is just... Uh, Last night he didn't suffer from any of the soft goals. Um, yeah, he's had yeah. he's had kind of a penchant for giving up some soft ones, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately it usually isn't just limited to one when he's given up one. You know, it's been two or three, and they just don't have the offense to 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 they don't have the offense to win track meet games. They're just not that team anymore. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean it's been a. Uh... It has been slim pickings over there in Iowa this mm-hmm. year. Oh my lord! Well, at least, uh, at least who's our guy? Jerry, uh, Jerry Mayhew's finally been doing something again. Yeah, it's good him for and, him. Him and him and Gabriel Dumont are pretty much Dumont, yep. the carrying most of the offensive load, but they're mm-hmm. getting some contributions from guys like Damian Giroux, who's mm-hmm. who by all the I've watched a lot of the games and I've listened to a lot of it and. Right now, the wild coaching staff down there can't say enough good things about Damian Giroux. They've, mm-hmm. He is now being used in all situations, just like he was when he was with Saginaw last year in the OHL. Um, they, he gets rave reviews for his work ethic, uh, his attention to detail. Apparently, he asks a lot of questions. He comes in for extra video time uh, with the coaches, which, of course, coaches love that because it shows a player wants to get things right. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's playing very, very well. And if anything, I would definitely say um, he's made a really good impression on the Wild Brass for, you know, his approach to the game. So, mm-hmm. um, and for a player in his first year as a pro, that's that's a pretty encouraging thing to hear. Yeah, very solid. He's like the second leading scorer, and like you said, he does a little bit of everything, or like a, like a lot of everything in some ways as well. Mm-hmm. All the different situations. Yep. So he's like a top top line type of guy in that sense. He's going to get a lot of time on ice. Mm-hmm. So should we head into the fan interaction? Sure. Okay, unless there's another prospect. Of course, we'll probably bump into a prospect question somewhere along the way. Oh, I guess mm-hmm. I would just mention that Kalen oh, Addison. Kalen yeah. Addison's contained. Yeah, that's contained. the other one. He's playing pretty well down in Iowa. Uh, mm-hmm. He's definitely uh, the team's best offensive defenseman. He really is the only true offensive defenseman that they really have now. Oh, and uh, yeah. he's performing well. He's uh, finding his way into the score sheet more often than not. Um, and uh, I haven't heard anything negative about him, at least, uh, and seen anything negative in the games that I've watched. I've watched probably about three-quarters of the Iowa Wild games this year. And he's he's looked pretty good. Um, he looks awesome now. Yeah, so that's that's another encouraging sign from a prospect perspective. Mm-hmm. Twelve points in only fifteen games. Yeah, awesome. Age twenty. Yep. So obviously, the future is very bright with him. So mm-hmm. depending on if we trade away one of our right shots pretty soon, obviously we know who who uh, who that is. I would think most most yeah. fans would know. <laughs> 
I got one. I, want, I got one yep. more prospect I want to Ooh. mention, and this okay, is just yep. this is just for you, Joey, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and anybody else that's listening too. But uh, mainly because he's a person you've talked about, uh, Bryce Misley. Oh yeah, Misley, so, yeah. so so he's when he after his season at Vermont was done, know, his, yeah. his senior year, joined the team on an amateur tryout, and uh, mm-hmm. a couple things about him is he has a little more pace than I think I was expecting when I saw him. You know. You know, while you you watch a player, listen to you know, you look at a person's statistics from afar. You don't really get the intangibles like how they skate, how they play. Um, he skates better than expected. I would say he's an above average skater. Um, right. He likes to throw his body around a little bit, which mm-hmm. that's something that you know the stats won't tell you. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they're really going to hit or not, um, and he doesn't mind that. Uh, we haven't seen any points from him really. Um, just three three games, no points. Yep. But but he's uh, I mean he doesn't he doesn't look like he's like way overwhelmed or like a player, you know, like a deer in headlights or anything like that. Now, whether that's going to yield him a contract is kind of up in the air. Um, I'm sure in a certain level, you know, with the team adding Matt Boldy, that probably doesn't help him because that's another person in the lineup to put in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yep. I think he's done okay when you consider, uh, at least from a, his college production, didn't really give you a lot of signs that he was, you know, I guess a real, <laughs> there was a big, you know, opportunity for him necessarily. Yeah, definitely has struggled with the, the points. Like uh, his, his junior year, he had 10 points. That was his career high. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely definitely rooting for him. I believe his father follows my Twitter account for <laughs> at, at Brave the Wild anyway, mm-hmm. which is uh, where we're heading. And of course, yeah. And you can always jump in and mention any any prospect you want as well. But yeah, it, it's it's cool to hear that he's a good skater though, or at least an above average one. So I think that's that's obviously super important when it comes to any any form of hockey. Yep. So so for the the Twitter account at Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild hashtag BTWMN is a good way to. Uh, organize things with people question comment this and that first guy is Derek Bell's guy I don't know who that is no <laughs> sorry he must be an idiot uh oh maybe <laughs> because how how dare he how dare he not think uh, Jewel Erickson Eck is the next uh, you know I don't even know who to compare him to anymore the next, um, the next Jonathan Taves yeah. yeah yeah Jonathan Taves like a really <laughs> solid def- uh, defensive center who can do everything you know yeah. but uh, who can score and like, get a hat trick here and there against the wild oh, Jonathan Taves uh, so he says <laughs> the NHL trade deadline is coming up, and yeah, but still, it's hard to believe it's going to come up in April. Yeah, but the 12. Uh, the, the 12, yeah, man, that's a ways still. The hockey news suggests gifted and still fairly young scorer Anthony Mantha is available from Detroit. Does that player interest you for the Minnesota Wild or not? Because right winger for Detroit. And, well, I mean, his his point production, he's had, what, 48 points in uh, 2017, 2018, and 18, 19, both 48 points, 25 goals, 24 goals, respectively. Excuse me, those two years. The reduced season last year, man, very productive, 38 points in only 43 games. This year, a little quieter, and Detroit is what they are. I mean, there's some talented players there, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a reason why they were called the dead things back in the late 80s. They're kind of back to that again. Yep. <laughs> They're back to being the dead things again. They're either winning Stanley Cups and winning Norris divisions and whatever the heck other divisions they've been in <laughs> since then. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he's certainly of interest, I would think. But uh, obviously center is what we want more than anything. But depending on injury situations, 
I mean, would 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 you be interested in Anthony Mantha? Big time. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Um, I got it. Yeah. He's well. He's, he's six foot. Score. Yeah. Oh, he's six foot four. He's oh, fast. He's and and he he he's got a great nose for the net. Mm-hmm. And while I realize that centers are our biggest issue, and he certainly doesn't really do anything to address that. Mm-hmm. It's, it, considering, I guess the logic is that we're going to be bringing in centers. Mm-hmm. You got to have people for the centers to set up, and you want people that are good. Uh, you want some goal scorers, and you know, f- with all due respect to Kaprizov and Fiala, why not give them mm-hmm. some more help? And mm-hmm. he he checks a lot of boxes. He's still fairly young. I think he's twenty. He's probably like twenty four years old or twenty three mm-hmm. years old. Um, so he's a young, talented player. And Detroit needs everything. So if you want to throw a player like a Dumba that you're probably going to lose anyways in expansion, mm-hmm. why not give them to a team that really honestly will take any kind of help they can get mm-hmm. and, and, and get a player that we can use because otherwise we're going to just lose it anyways. Yeah, and he's, he's 26, but still, yeah, I mean, he could be a nice addition. And if obviously, you know, Dumba's probably not long for the wild at this stage. Mm-hmm. At least somebody's somebody's got to go if you're going to get Kalen Addison up there, and exactly, it's probably, it's, yeah, it's probably not going to be uh, Jared Spurgeon, nope. especially with his, uh, his contract's pretty big, as good as he is. Uh, so before I lose where I was, where did I go? Oh no, it's gone. Oh, <laughs> shoot, figures. I think I accidentally, <laughs> I couldn't have. Yep, I guess I did. I'll just bring it right back up. The at Brave the Wild. Luckily, it should be right back where I want to be in about. So, I guess as an, an aside, as you're looking yeah. for that, is yeah. there yep. is there any players that you're interested in? Doesn't it, I mean? Doesn't have to be Anthony Mantha. Yeah, uh, there's there's always Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I keep bringing that up, but he'd probably be cost a fortune. I'm kind of scared to bring up too many guys. Uh, there was somebody mentioned on the soda pod by Hoppy, so I'll make sure that I'm not stealing the idea. Sure. Uh, it was J.J. Deneau as a oh. free agent in the offseason. Oh, not J.J. Deneau, Philip Deneau. Philip Deneau. Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong person. Okay, Philip You're Deneau. thinking of the guy yeah. who was on the original Wild for like a day and said thanks oh. for the paycheck and then walked away. Oh, it's the other <laughs> name. My my bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there yeah. <it> goes. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah he, he was bringing up how he'd be kind of like, uh, yeah, Philip Deneau. I, uh, sorry. So yeah, from Montreal. Oh, mm-hmm. oh you know, he's he's kind of like a, a tall bot in a sense, like how you, you can't do worse with than say like what we were doing last year in the goaltending situation. So you yeah. sign Cam Talbot in the off season, and you know I agreed with it at the time. I thought he was an upgrade, mm-hmm. and then you bring in Philip Deneau, and I remember JJ Deneau now at the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny for a couple seconds. Um, yeah, doesn't put up spectacular numbers, but again, he's like a legitimate center. At, at least like second line who could be your top line for now. Yeah. 40, me, 50 points. Yeah. To mm-hmm. me, I don't know. I guess for me on Dane, uh, on Philip Deneau, I, I just, it screams stopgap to me again. Mm-hmm. Like he's a mm-hmm. person that fills the spot. He'll probably be an upgrade over what you have, but that's because the bar you have set is so low. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's a person that'll, to me, will really move the needle that much you might be able to now have a better second line and it it could help people but you still need a person that's going to be your top line center to move everybody else down to where they should be 
Um, I'm not overly excited about Dano unless I guess the the asking price is pretty reasonable. I certainly wouldn't want to toss a first round pick oh, and then get that because to me, I'd that that'd be like that would be like paying a hundred dollars and a person hands you leftovers. Yeah, you know, like an like old steak. Yeah. And all. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. good when you made it a week ago, but now it's mm-hmm. looking pretty bad. It's a, a meat and a tire now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's true. Yeah, and like uh, as long as he's like a reasonable free agent, something like that at best, then you don't have to give up a draft pick or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the center position, we're obviously dying there, unfortunately. So, yeah. I mean, it's just a thought mostly. Uh, Jay Bushy says, when the team gets healthy, who's the potential forward that sits? It might be, uh, could it be for either Parisi, Marcus Johansson? I can't imagine sitting Nico Sturm. No. Buk's, probably not Bukestad. He's been okay. Yeah. Just well, okay, right? <laughs> I, yeah, but I mean, that that's that's about where you'd have to look in the lineup, I think. Yeah, we're you know, already there with Parisi. Like, like, yeah. like, like Bukestad, I mean, the other thing that was kind of a shot across the bow, I thought, was the night when they put, didn't they put Benito on the wing? Once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, they're still showing him I mean, as a winger right now. I mean, I mean, honestly, if Benito's one, Benito's one redeeming trait really is the fact that he wins draws. Yeah, and, and while he me. while he may come in as a winger and take draws on occasion, to me, if he's not being a center, then it's kind of like okay, you know, to sound kind of like office space. Mm. What is it you do here? You know, mm, like. Mm-hmm. And to me, then that's the logical place where someone ends up having to sit. I think Parisi is another easy, low-hanging fruit, considering yeah. the diminishing returns and the fact that, with the lack of speed, he's a defensive liability. Mm-hmm. He goes below the dots to chase a puck. It takes him a long time to get back across the ice to help out. Mm-hmm. The other team gets an odd man rush every time because he just doesn't have the hustle anymore, and it that's sucks. just the, that's just the that's just the grim truth of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it might have to be him. Honest to God, mm-hmm. trying to find the other questions, but yeah, I at the end of the day, because I mean, everyone else at least there's there's some there's some kind of purpose for them to be there, especially Benino. With mm-hmm. the, he's one of the only guys who can actually win a faceoff. Here yeah. we go. There's an, um, oh, now it's catching up here. So, okay, here we go. So you say, uh, Derek Falska says, Fox Sports is no more as of the first as it becomes Bally Sports. What was your favorite Fox, Fox Sports North memory? Probably uh, Goldberg years ago calling the, uh, calling the <laughs> Andrew Brunette goal, I'd, I'd have to say, oh, years ago. Big- Big drive. That's big drive. Yeah, big <laughs> drive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I missed that. The only other one, I mean, again, like uh, Nino Niederreiter's goal, because they were still on yeah. FSN. Yeah. They were on FSN, believe it or not, even though they were playoff games. Mm. That was that was fun. That's my favorite memory. Do you have a favorite memory? Uh, It actually isn't wild-related. Uh-oh. No. I mean, <laughs> well, it, it's nothing to do. It's no offense to the wild. No. My favorite Fox North memory really was... Probably the late, um, early 2000s of when the Minnesota Golden Gophers were on FSN back in those days, mm-hmm. when they were like every every Friday Saturday. Wasn't that fun? You know, oh. when you when you knew every night oh. you could watch them and you still had the WCHA. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
those were and, fantastic. You know, and they were when, so good. Oh, oh the the rivalry. You know, as mm. you know, you go and play in Minnesota State, and the you'd have the chants from the crowd, and you're you know Frank Mazzocco on the play by play. That was just that was just fan freaking tastic. Mm-hmm. Johnny Pohl, Leopold, uh, Adam Hauser, just wonderful memories. Don Lucia getting started. So of course that looks like Derek froze up again. But uh, or, or I froze up. One of us did. Uh, there we are. Yeah, yep. sorry. Oh, well, okay. And I, I was filling it in about the Gopher conversation. Johnny Pohl, Leopold. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. wonderful memories. Oh, mm-hmm. no, but that was like I said, that was like the height of the WCHA in terms of what it was at. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the deep chasm that was left once yeah. you know the the WCHA was fundamentally changed. And sadly, you know, obviously considering it's 2021 and Minnesota State is literally the last WCHA team left, like, mm-hmm. you know, like the last dinosaur left, so to speak. Sad. That you're at the death of it. Yeah, it's super sad. It really is. I, I, I miss it. I think uh, I think there was hope for all of us that, you know, if the WCHA could somehow survive, maybe we could go back someday. I wish. Yeah. Now, once it's dead... Mm-hmm. It's gone. That's gone. I have the, some of the greatest memories of you know, you know, my my earlier days. You know, mm-hmm. my twenties, obviously teens. You know, high school oh. and before that, I, I miss that me so too. much. Me too. Mm-hmm. Brian Bonin. <laughs> yep. Oh, I miss those days. So another question is, if the season were to end today, what team in the Honda West uh, uh, wouldn't you want to see the Wild play, or any of the other divisions? Which three other clubs are the junkyard dog of their uh, respective divisions? So that would be what I what I not want us to play uh, in the first round for the wild. Yep, yep. Definitely Colorado. The way things are going, even though in the past when we've been terrified of Colorado, we end up beating them. That's the weird part. That's the weird part. I was terrified back in '03 and in '14, uh, mm-hmm. um, but I would rather play Vegas in a series. I think it'd be much closer. I think the Wild would actually have a shot at it, and those games were awesome a couple of weeks ago. It feels like three months ago already. But mm-hmm. uh, Colorado, I'm definitely the most scared of versus St. Louis or Vegas. Uh-huh. I, I uh-huh. would agree that that'd probably be the matchup I would I would fear the most. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really hoping Vegas trades away Ryan Reeves. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I because I, like... I think he gets into the Wild's heads, and we mm-hmm. don't play the same. When, oh, when, when if, he, if, if, if he's not there, I think the Wild play a lot more confidently. Mm-hmm. Like like it or not, that's the truth. Yeah, he was pretty much added for a postseason like a couple of years ago. Yep. And he's, he's stuck around ever since. And, and give him credit, he's very good at being the player that he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> no, is. He, he knows his role and he plays it well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and professional and, goon. <laughs> yeah. but the amazing thing, I was looking this up too. He only has 18 penalty minutes. That's really weird. Wow. So, so, so he's an he's an agitator that doesn't end up in the box. Yeah, he'll just make you go in because you like uh, yep. lash out on him. Yep, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, a whole bunch of nopes you shared this. Uh, Jody Helvey says, any chance Boldy leaves leaves school and joins the Wild? Is he ready? Uh, well, he's, he's going to go to Iowa first. Of course, we talked about that at the very beginning of the show. Uh, continues uh, Jody continues saying, if we could put a trade together for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, could we get him to sign here? 
that's all kind of a big maybe. I, I hope so. Uh, he, he wouldn't be cheap. Uh, Edmonton, obviously, they're highly stacked at the top. And then right after that, it's like, you know, so. And then their goaltending situation is what it is. It's up and down. I kind of like Mike Smith, but he's ancient and Koskinen. And I, I don't know. He's not. He's not a. He's not a goalie I would want on my team. Yeah, I. I as far as Nugent Hopkins, I've always been kind of lukewarm on him. Yep. However, the the thing is with 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 Edmonton is because they seem to have things figured out, like in terms of wins and losses. Mm-hmm. They they better, seem to have. They're they're playing better. I think they're a motivated buyer, so they might give you straight up, okay, Dumba for, Dumba for, uh, you know, R and H, and and and, yeah. and we'll do it, and then, you know, we get what we need desperately, mm-hmm. and 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 I feel personally much more bullish on Ryan Nugent Hopkins playing center for the Wild than Philip Deneau. Oh, no yeah. offense, Stata Hoppy, but that's just how I feel about it. I just think he's. Yeah, more of what we need. Mm-hmm. To me, Dano kind of, Dano kind of fits the whole two-way responsible, and that's usually a euphemism for a guy that doesn't score quite enough. We need a guy that scores enough. We mm-hmm. just do. Mm-hmm. And Nugent Hopkins has certainly emerged the last couple of years after definitely be a sl- uh, being a slow starter in his NHL career. A lot of people would tell you. It doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt and have two generational talents on your team, though, either. Exactly. That that helped. <laughs> that, that it made a slight difference, right? <laughs> Rather than he's just out on his own out there with you know whoever, because uh, that franchise was just oh, they they made so many mistakes. Felt so yep. bad. I I kind of like Edmonton just because of the great you know just because of what they were long ago. They're always you're always going to look at that logo and think of the good old days, really, with them. Oh, yeah, the 80s Oilers. <laughs> the 80s Oilers, yep. I, like I say on the show all the time, have you ever heard of the 80s Oilers, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> I always say that. <laughs> if, 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 if you think you're good, just just look at that and you'll find out you're not. Yeah, holy oh, moly. Or, or the yeah. 70s Canadians. Mm-hmm. And even the real early 90s Penguins. Like, you just look at oh. that roster that, the, that beat the North Stars. It's or like, yeah. how, how did we win two games against those guys? Oh, no doubt. Or oh. how about or how about the late '90s Detroit Red Wings? Oh my God! Oh. Yeah, up and down. You just look. All of famers everywhere. Yeah, like five <laughs> or six, seven players down. You're like, my God, he was there too, wasn't he? Like I almost forgot. You know. Yeah. You know, Mark Recchi getting 123 points. I think it was. Yeah. At like 21. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we're dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh. I think this might be the last one. We'll see. Brian Herrera says, oh. and yep, he says, uh, we have no real centers on this team. We'll trend down until we can get someone who can uh, center Kirill and Fiala. Yep, that's. I think that's true. I mean, we desperately need a center, and I, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is way at the top of my list. Honestly, I keep I keep bringing him up, and that's that's honestly who I want right now. I did not hear the question, so... Oh, oh, it, oh, it went out on you? I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> okay, my bad. Uh, no, it's have, not your fault. Yeah, it's the Skype. Damn it. No, <laughs> we, we have no real centers <laughs> on this team. We'll trend down until we can get someone who can center Kirill and Fiala. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're back Crazy. to Ryan Nugent Hopkins again, basically? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. That's what I was saying. Yep, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and... Hopefully even a second one of some sorts that can come up uh, with the prospects. That's what I'm hoping. Like, uh, I don't know. It's probably going to be a while with those, unfortunately, like uh, Hovey, as they call him. Uh, yeah, I think I think Rossi 
with the lost year, that just pushed it out actually two years. Because oh, that's yep, and yeah, Rossi, yeah. Yeah, I, oh. I, th- I think he's I think he's got to spend at least one more year, at the least, mm-hmm. to to then be NHL ready after that. Yeah, you know, and that's if everything goes well and he doesn't have one injuries or any other COVID related hiccups. Yeah, that was oh, that was a bummer. Yeah, the whole heart thing, and all that the the mm-hmm. weak uh, the weak muscle on the heart due to. Uh, some kind of a COVID Mito- reaction. Mito- My- how do you say it? Yeah. Myocarditis. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the medical term. And it's a real serious. It's a really serious thing. There was a yeah. bunch of college. Oh. There was a couple college football players that had to sit out their seasons for that. You mm-hmm. know they because it's something where you cannot do anything. Like you can't exert yourself at all, and there's no joking about it. So no, it could kill you. Yeah. Yep. That's really scary. Mm-hmm. Well, that could. So I guess the final, final thing for the fan interaction, Black Space, Game, Black Space Gaming, I'm 99% sure this is Sebastian Barton from Purple Mafia fame. Okay. Uh, yep, and he's joined uh, Brave the Wild lately. He was teasing me about, because, well, he's from Mankato. He lives in Mankato, and, well, who beat the Gophers? And, yeah, he was oh. giving me a hard time about all that. It's kind of fun. He's like, want one, a Frozen Four shirt. Hey, Joey, want one? Or Brave the Wild, want one? <laughs> my, only th- my, my only things with Mavericks fans they only bring that up when they win yeah uh, otherwise they're they're pretty quiet because uh until this year they didn't even have a win in the nc2a tournament so yeah that's what i th- th- there wasn't a lot of ground to stand on and you know the thing i would answer to him as a gopher fan is uh how many national titles do you got yeah, exactly. I, I, I was telling him... Same one as Wild Stanley Cups. Zero. Yeah, Wild Cups, Vikings, <laughs> Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah, sorry for jumping in on you. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was saying... Uh, yeah, I was telling him, you have you have one year with postseason success, and you have the guts to, to trash a team with five national championships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I couldn't help it. But, uh, yeah, and he was saying he lives here. He has pride for that team, and he never liked Moscow, a hockey version of Tracy Clay's. Hmm. Eh. I don't think he's that bad. Is he? But no. Even Clay's wasn't that bad, really. He was just mediocre. No. No. Clay's was average. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I I think Machko, I mean, the, the, the Golden Gophers for a pretty young team, and um, they're still, they're still going to be damn good next year. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Even with the kids that transferred out, like Brandon McManus and a couple yeah. others decided to transfer out, that's because they could see the writing on the wall that, you know, just like any elite program, they're always bringing in new freshmen that mm-hmm. are good, and they're gonna find them spots. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Might be. No. On a team, on a team like that, you are eminently replaceable. Mm-hmm. And that's just the that's just the cruel nature of being on a good program. Yeah. And we now whether now now whether that yields them national titles, obviously that remains to be seen. So far, it hasn't yeah. happened, but you know. I guess you could say at least the Gophers look like they're stepping more in the right direction. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, making to the NC2As, and mind you, they choked in the regional game, and I didn't really like what Machko had to say in the post. Uh, yeah. That, that was pretty stupid on his part, the schedule thing. Yeah, it was disturbing a little bit. Well, every yeah. team every team deals with that, and that's a, a pretty weak-ass excuse. Yeah, and I didn't really like the first period thing either. Like, oh, when we didn't have when we didn't have it in the first period, we knew we were in trouble. It's like, well, you, maybe you should have it in the first period then. Yep. Yeah. 
That was pretty oh. irritating, too. <laughs> yep. That didn't sound good. I remember Barrero ranted about that. <laughs> I think I my wife... I think my wife may have asked a question. Oh, I don't know cool. if you can find that in there or not. Oh, that's cool. If she, if she oh, didn't, I'll, she, I'll, I'll get on her case. She might have. I don't remember. Maybe not, though. Uh, oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I think you shared it. Here we go. I'm sorry. Good thing you said that. It literally, like, popped up as you said it. That's funny. Uh, it's about, about two hours ago. It says, can the Wild find their ability to focus... On, on game against Vegas to get back in the win column. Oh, that's her game report. Then maybe oh, she my did. Bad. Maybe it's okay. Up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I, I retweeted that. What am I talking about? Um. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah, yeah, these are all the updated ones. Then there's the older ones. Okay. Okay, like yep. It. So that's pretty much it with the fan interaction and everything. Otherwise, I'll give out some contact details real quick. Of course, at Brave the Wilds, a Twitter account. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild Minnesota, which is a funny one, but it works for the Facebook page. Of course, much more active on Twitter. For, just seems to work out better that way for this for this particular show. Uh, there's the uh, way you could get on the air via audio submission if you'd like. Free uh, Any smart device on the planet has a free voice recording application. Simply open it, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop. And email it slash share it to Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. I will then convert that into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar.com. Always appreciate that website. And I'm almost forgetting this because I'm just, you know, <laughs> thrown off a bit right now. I apologize. Vigit, the, the Vigit application, which I should have probably mentioned earlier, but we were having fun talking. Uh, Social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks and see what others are saying about games. Vigit betting leagues, month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free free to play on the sports book. Bet free coins, re, uh, win real prizes. And, of course, there's great information available on Vigit like line movement where the public is betting. Again, this is not with real money. It's just kind of competing against other people. It could be your buddies, your friends, uh, strangers, and you can win, like, national you know, awards, just like, you know, when you bet, like, on the NCAA tournament and you get almost every pick or something, which is almost impossible, but <laughs> there's always a chance. And, of yep. course, you know, and some of those national ones are much smaller, obviously, than the NCAA tournament, so your chances of winning are are much better. You could win thousands of dollars. So get on board the Vigit application. All you got to do then for the referral code is Paladino Live. I'll put that also in the show description. Shout-outs to, of course, uh, MNW Prospects, of course, happy to be a part of that. I covered the uh, the Q, as they called it, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the BCHL, but unfortunately those two leagues have not been playing right now. So, uh, But the others, uh, Pavel Bonnet, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, they cover college, they cover the AHL, they cover the ECHL, and other junior leagues that are actually playing like the WHL and such. Uh, Really proud to be a part of that page on the Twitter account. Obviously, also I'll share that. Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects and at MNW Prospects. Shoutouts also to Minnesota Wild Global and Minnesota Wild Nation on Facebook. Thank you guys so very much. Very happy to be a part of those. And of course, Derek Felska. <laughs> hey. on, uh, yep, who's this guy? No, he's an <laughs> idiot. An assist. Oh no. <laughs> because he because because he hates Jewel Erickson X so much, right? He just hates him. No, <laughs> no. Just, just being honest, right? <laughs> that's the only thing I can do is be honest. Yep, same here. Same here. I try to be as honest as I can. At Crease Assist, of course, and I'll let you. Uh, if 
you want to share anything about that some more? Well, I would just say that, uh, I don't know, in case you missed it, uh, obviously with the state tournament going on, I had my state tournament preview. Oh, yeah. So so far, all my predictions are doing pretty well, mm-hmm. even with the uh, the COVID situations that kind of uh, put a damper on things for Bill Murray and uh, also Hermantown. Hermantown, can you uh, believe that? Uh, uh, I kind of heard a little some things before then, and that's unfortunate. But you know, give Hermantown credit—they put a team out there and tried to tried hope for a miracle. And those kids that were out there played their hearts out, even though they were JV kids. It was yeah, it was actually kind of ins- it was kind of inspiring to see them try as hard as they did. I mean, um, Hill Murray didn't even do that, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to get too much into that, but. Um, Either way, that I just posted that. I posted the uh, the post gamer from last night, and uh, it's been a busy week of hockey, and I've been a busy week of writing, but it's a lot of fun. That's uh, at the Sports Daily slash Crease and Assist. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Crease and Assist. I tweet a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And then always don't be afraid to retweet what he does out there on Twitter. It looks like he's freezing up again, uh, unfortunately, or I'm freezing up. You know how that works with Skype. Um, but uh, yeah, basically retweet those those uh, articles and such. Yep, oh, you're there? Yep, I was, I was mentioning people to retweet yeah, the yeah. articles. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. We both froze probably somehow, but at least the recorder's still going uh, at the end of the day. But, yep, and also do check out my Gun Puck Wild articles. I, I pop yes. up on there as well. Yep, I, I'm writing on, I believe it's about, yeah, Johansson and Fiala finding some chemistry and kind of going all over the place with, Fiala's season a bit with that one, so it'll come out in the next few days if I ever get my butt <laughs> to finish it. I look forward to reading it. Yeah, thank you very much, and I always look forward to reading what you have to write as well. That said, any final thoughts or call it a day? Yeah. Uh, I think I think, and then this uh, maybe this next week or so between the two series between the the Golden Knights and the Minnesota, and the Colorado Avalanche, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna I think we're gonna learn a lot about this team in terms of. It, are they going to get the wake-up call and start playing with a little greater sense of urgency? And if that if that happens, then that's a good thing in that I think we can believe that they'll fight pretty hard towards the end of the season. If they show up like they did the last few games against the the Sharks mm. and they just get you know curb stomped, mm-hmm. then then we'll 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 know that maybe this might be a pretty rough and ugly finish. Yeah, it's getting swept in the first round or something. That could be Well, even if we make know. it, yeah, we'll get yeah. crushed there. Either yeah. way it'll happen. Yeah, one way or another. That's unfortunate, but yeah, it's a definite test going forward to see if we can get get out of these doldrums. I'm thinking and hoping we can, but it, it certainly hasn't happened yet, has it? Well, not not completely. I mean, they they still have a six point lead on the Blues because the Blues have been point, yeah. crappy. But <laughs> you know, you, you want to go in with momentum. You don't want to you don't want to backslide in like you, we did so many years with Yo. That usually yeah. doesn't one doesn't do a lot for your confidence, but it also doesn't uh, usually doesn't mean you end your season. You end up with a whimper, not a bang. Yeah, they want to have a bang. <laughs> no yep. doubt about it. With that said, I think that's a perfect way to end it. Let's end with a bang, literally, <laughs> with the wild and with the with this episode. Thank you again so much for joining. Got to have you on more often. Hopefully, you know, obviously schedules are what they are, but 
you got to find a way somehow. That's that's on sure. me. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate sure. it. And uh, mm-hmm. thanks for all that you do. Thanks for sure. all that you do for uh, helping spread the word for on things. And um, mm-hmm. yep. it's it's thank always fun. Too. It's always fun being here. Yeah, and thank you also for the retweets and no problem. notes and all that. Always, always appreciate that. That really cool article you wrote a while back. Uh, really appreciate that. I, I I owe you an article myself. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do that. Let, let yeah. me know. I'll yeah. gladly I'll gladly put my two cents. I never I, I never shy away from giving an opinion. Oh yeah yeah me neither. <laughs> All right, with that we will uh, call it a day. Hope the wild can step things up. Hopefully this lingering cold goes away for myself. But and also hope you have a wonderful rest of the uh, spring break there. I hope so. Nice. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right. Take care. Yeah.